God. Hey, who's glad to be at church today? Is anybody? Come on, can we just give Jesus all the praise and worship? He deserves it. He is so worthy of the praise and a big hello and a shout out to everybody online as well. We're thankful that you're joining us, your family, wherever you're watching from. Church, can we just welcome everybody online with us too? Come on. We love you. Man, I'm looking around this room and I just see it just so full. I'm so thankful that you're here. I want to remind you that we have three services, identical services every single Sunday. We have an 830 so some of you might want to get up a little bit earlier and come on to that service. That's at 8.30. It's the same as this one. We have a, an 11.30 for those of you who might want to sleep in a little bit, right? Come on, we got that 11.30 service. And, and so I would encourage some of you maybe just to pray. And I would, I would even say some of you don't even pray about it. Just move. You know, just go to a different, right? Just, just make room in this one because this is the most popular one. Isn't it awesome to see a room full of people? And I'm just so thankful that you're here today. And, so thankful you're with us, and, and uh, I want to let you know that next week is a huge week here at church. We're kicking off small groups, everybody. Small groups launch next Sunday, February the 6th, and it's going to be an incredible small group launch. This is the year of freedom for our church. I've, been, I've, I've uh, titled it that. We're in a year of freedom. We're seeing God do incredible things already this semester, and our small groups kick off next Sunday. And uh, just on the heels of last Sunday's message, we've had a lot of people who said, me too, pastor, me too. If you don't know, know what I'm talking about, just go back and watch last Sunday's message and you'll know what I'm talking about. So there's, there's a, a, a need right now for some small groups that are, are really focused on helping people break free from sexual strongholds. And so I want to let you know that there's two of them uh, specifically for men. I'm going to lead one of them. David Bartley's going to lead the other as a Monday evening and then a, a, a Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. And I'm just telling you, this is the year of freedom. Come on, don't wait. Amen? Amen. This is it. So the small group directory is live. There's an insert in your worship guide. And so you can pull that out, snap a picture of that QR code. It'll tell you all of the different groups that are launching, and we have more to come. So if you're, if you're interested in leading a group, there's still opportunity for that as well, all right? And then next week, we also kick off a brand new series called uh, Family Values. We're going to be talking about relationships, relationships starting next Sunday. But today's our three-year birthday, everybody. We turned three years old. Come on. Can we celebrate that? Woo! Three years. The past three years have been amazing. I'm, I'm catching myself saying, saying, you know, the last three years, but really, it's our only three years. <laughs> Right? I mean, we, we haven't even been around. Like, this is it. We're three years old, and we're celebrating that today. But if I could just tell you the story. See, City Hope really goes back a lot further than, than three years ago. It started as a dream in, in, in our hearts in 2007. I was having a conversation with one of our uh, pastors. I was on staff at a church in Alabama called Daystar. And so me and this guy, Greg, we were talking, and we, we both served on, on the staff there together. And uh, out in the parking lot of that, of that church, he said to me these words I'll never forget. He said, maybe Daystar will help you plant a church one day. And there was something about those words that just jumped up inside of me like, that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. But the problem was I had no idea how to do it. <laughs> I mean, I had never heard about church planting before. I didn't know. I thought in order to start a church, you just found an abandoned gas station somewhere and you just like got some folding chairs and, and put out a couple, you know, pieces of paper on people's car at the park, you know, like, hey, we're starting a church. Give it a shot. I had no idea. So we tucked that dream away in our hearts and we thought... 
If this is the Lord, then maybe one day we'll be able to see it happen. And I won't give you all the details, but fast forward 10 years, and in 2017, we, were, we had moved to the Huntsville, Alabama area, and we had started a campus there, and we had high hopes for this campus. I mean, we had all of these dreams and aspirations and all of these expectations that, that God was going to move and things were going to happen, and, and none of them happened. And we found ourselves in 2017 in one of the darkest places of our lives. I mean, we, it, was, it was a dark season. And, and like, we loved God, we loved our church, we loved our pastor, but things were just not, it just wasn't right. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before. Like, everything was good on paper. I don't know if you've ever been to Huntsville, Alabama, but it ain't Wichita Falls. I mean, I love Wichita Falls, but Huntsville's beautiful. I'm just saying, I like you got tree, real trees there, right? I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's hills and mountains. And, and we, so Huntsville was the fastest, it's the fastest growing city in the state of Alabama. It has gone from fourth in the state to number one largest city in the state in the last few years. Like we lived in that area and our kids were in the best school district in the state of Alabama, some of the best in the nation. Our, our, we, lived, we lived in a district that was just growing rapidly. We, we just bought a home, brand new home in a neighborhood. We had the neighborhood pool. We had all of the amenities. It was great. Life was good. But we were miserable. And have you ever been there before? And that's where we were. And so August of 2017 rolls around, and my friend and ministry coach, Ed Funderburk, came to town. And, and he was, we were riding together in the car, and, and Ed said to me that day, he said, Ben, how old are you? Like, he, he could tell something wasn't right with me. He said, Ben, how old are you? And I said, I'm 35 years old. And he said, man, that's the ripe age of a church planter. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man, it just, it burst to life inside of me right then. Like the dream, I don't know if you, if you could see a, a flower pushing through the dirt, finally breaking through. That's the way I felt. Like this dream was finally pushing through the dirt. It was finally becoming a reality. And it lit a fire in us. I'm telling you, we, we went and started talking to our pastor. And how do we do this? And how do we plant? And we started getting training. And we started preparing. And we, we would visit Wichita Falls every chance that we could get. And in June of 2018, we, we had sold everything we had, loaded it up in, in a trailer. And we moved from our 3,100 square foot home in Madison where property taxes are low and cost of living is cheap. And we moved into a house half the size because that's what we could afford. And man, we, we just, we, we went for broke. We bet the family farm on this thing called City Hope Church. And, and so we moved here in June 2018. We started building relationships. We started getting to know some people. We started, uh, we, we started just asking anybody who would, could, thought about it, like, would you just take a chance with us? And on January the 27th, after months of building teams and helping assemble a team of people to do this, we had 65 people who thought we were crazy enough, right? And they, maybe they were crazy enough to help us, right, to do this. And on the launch day, I remember telling our teams, look, we could have 300 people show up. Like, I mean, it could, it could, this thing could be, it could be incredible. We, we could have 300 people show up, 350, and they're going, Pastor Ben, it's, they didn't say it, but they were thinking it. It's not going to happen, man. This is no way that you're out of your, you're out of your mind. It's not going to happen. And can I just tell you that all the dreams that I wanted to happen in Alabama when we started that campus, 
that none of them happen, all of those dreams begin to happen here. And they begin to get fulfilled here. And on our first Sunday, to the glory of God, 300 people didn't show up. 639 people showed up to that first service. 65 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And there was a, a team of people who just said, yes, we want to do this. If, if, you were, if you were here on that launch team, if you were here on the first day, come on, just raise your hand if you were here from, from day one. Come on, look around and look at the people in the room who weren't here on the first Sunday. Come on, can we just give God praise and glory for that? Not to us, oh God, but to your name be all the glory. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise we can. All to you, Jesus. All to you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. It's always been about him, and it always will be about Jesus. It's not about us. Amen. Not about us. And, and I, I just, I love, I love you so much, and I want you to know, you know, it, we have a supernatural love for this city. Um, I actually say that in order to want to move to Wichita Falls, you kind of have to have a supernatural love for, <laughs> for Wichita Falls. You, you know what I mean? I, I love the city. I really do. And, and I want to just build your confidence for a minute. I want to tell you that you can't run me off around here. I'm just telling you, you can't run me off. Like, this isn't a stepping stone for the Murray family. We, we, didn't, we didn't go for broke. We didn't bet the farm on, on just a stepping stone. This is our life's work. I'm telling you, this is what God's called us to do for the rest of our ministry days. Until we retire and we ride off in the sunset, whichever direction we go... Until then, we're your pastors, and we're not going anywhere. We love you. We love this church. We love Wichita Falls. We're here. Love, we love you. And, and I want to I celebrate one more thing that I just think is so amazing. God, I love how he works. That, um, that this past Thursday was our, our birth date for the church. But the day before, okay, this past Wednesday, the day before we turned three years old, the trustees and I, we met at the title company, and we signed the closing paperwork to purchase this building. It now belongs to City Hope Church. Come on. Let's give God thanks for that. Yeah. That's incredible. So I'm, I'm just, I'm fired up, guys. I'm fired up to be your pastor, and, and, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going all in today. And I, I want to go right to our theme verse because I have something burning in my heart. It's been burning in my heart this week. We're in this series, Breaking Free. And so if you've got your notes, uh, go with me, follow on the screen or in your notes. Uh, let's go to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says that though we live in the world, we don't wage world war like the world does, do we? We don't do things like the world does. Um, no, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. And if you're not sure what a stronghold is, it's that thing in your life that won't let you go. It's that thing in your life that keeps you, you down. It's that thing in your life that keeps showing up. It's, it's that thing that keeps popping up every New Year's resolution. It's that thing, okay? That's the stronghold in your life. And, and Paul says that we have to demolish it by demolishing arguments and every area, so rebellious ideas and every area where we're pretending that we've got it together, we've got to demolish those things because they set themselves up against the knowledge of God, the truth of God. And one of the biggest things that we're learning in, the, in this series is that we have to take captive every thought. There's a battle going on in our mind. Come on, somebody. It's happening right here. 
right? The battle isn't out there. The battle is here. It's happening in our mind, and we've got to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. And so in this series, over the last few weeks, we've talked about, we've talked about uh, the truth about lies. We talked about the, how strongholds begin in your mind, and it always starts with a lie every single time. The, last, uh, uh, the, the second week, we talked about overcoming addiction, how all of us, all of us, if we're willing to admit it, we have an area in our lives where we're addicted, where we're doing things that we don't want to do, but we can't stop doing, all right? And then last week, we talked about sexual strongholds, and it's, I think it's one of the, the messages that I've had the most feedback on was last week's message. And if you weren't here, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. And then today, though, today, we're going to talk about money, 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 money. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm going to be bold today in my, in my, talk, about, in my talk about finances. We're, it's one of the most request for topics. In fact, money is not, it's, it's not like a minor issue in the Bible. Jesus talked about money some people say more than he talked about heaven or hell. So it was a topic on his mind, I think because he knew uh, that it could be a controlling issue for people. And so I want to take a look at, at the gospel of Luke. And this is Jesus teaching the people. And in Luke 16, he says, I, I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Okay, notice that word mammon, because we're going to see it two more times. And he says that we ought to use mammon, which is, a, which is not money, but it's a spirit that rests on money. He says you ought to use, use the, the money that you have, the resources that you have to make friends for yourselves. Now, not just friends, but what he's talking about is to get, to get those friends to heaven. Why? Because when you, when you fail, not when you just blow it on earth, but when you die... You will have people who will receive you into an everlasting home. And I don't know about you, but I'd like to have some friends in heaven, okay? So he says we need to use the unrighteous mammon to get people to heaven. And he says he who is faithful in what is least is, is also faithful in much. That's a stewardship issue. So if you, are a, if you will manage things, the small things, God will make you ruler over many things. That's a great principle for you in your job, too. Because if you're unjust in what's least, if you just sweep things under the rug and you don't really take it serious, then why would anybody want to promote you? That's, that's free. That's not even part of my, my, my message today. As he says, if you're, if, you're, if you're unjust in what's least, you'll also be unjust in much. He keeps going, though. He, he keeps digging. He says, therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, there it is again, who will commit to you or who will trust you with true riches? True riches is not a lot of money. True riches is not silver or gold. True riches is people. That's what true riches are. It's people. Who, who will give you leadership? Who will give you influence? Who will give you, who will give you th- uh, people? So he goes on and he says, if you have not been faithful in what's another man's. So to, to, to just make it plain, everything that we have in life, belongs to another man, God. Let me say it this way. You, are, you don't own anything. You're a steward of what God has given you. Can we agree with that? That we've just been called stewards, that what we have actually belongs to God, and it's not ours in the first place. 
So when we understand that it's not ours in the first place, it's a whole lot easier to give up something that's not mine. Well, you can say amen or oh me. Either one will work. And so we got to be faithful. If you're not faithful in what's another man's, okay, who's going to give you something of your own? And he says, no servant can serve two masters. You can't serve two people at the same time because you'll either hate one and you'll love the other or you'll be loyal to one and you'll despise the other. And he says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Okay. Now, what in the world is mammon? What is mammon? Um, that's a good question. So mammon is not in, it's probably not in your vernacular. It's not in your vocabulary. You don't walk around going, Dude, that mammon was so radical. <laughs> you don't, nobody does that. Um, mammon is the Greek, it's the Greek word memonas, memonas. And so when, when the translators were translating this portion of scripture, they did not have an English word to describe mammon. And so they did what's called a transliteration. They created a word for memonas. They didn't have a word for memonas, and so they created mammon. In, in, in newer translations, you'll see the word money with a capital M, and, and what it's referring to is it's not talking about physical money, it's talking about a spirit that rests upon money. Mammon is a spirit that is behind the money. You can't serve God, and you can't serve the spirit that rests on money at the same time. Because the spirit that rests on money, mammon, is not a godly spirit, it's an evil spirit. Are you following me? Okay, so I'm just trying to teach you and show you this. So, so what is mammon? Mammon, is, is, uh, it refers back to the ancient Syrian god of wealth and riches, which, is, which has its roots in Babylon. Now, if you know anything about Babylon, Babylon comes from the word Babel, which means confusion. So the, the, this god mammon, this ancient Syrian God, this spirit behind, uh, this spirit that rests on money, mammon, is, is a spirit that was birthed and sown in confusion and a God that was worshipped by people. They worshipped the God of, of riches and wealth. Are you following me? So it's, it's confusing, and that's why people are confused about money. So because, why? Because they're following mammon, and they're not following God. Is this helping anybody? So what happens is, it's why people get confused. They go, I just cashed my check. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know where it went. Mammon. That's what happened to it. It wasn't submitted to God. I, I just don't know what's going on with my money. I, I mean, it was there one day, and it's gone the next. And like, I, we, we just, we're having a hard time managing. Mammon. That's what's going on with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to explain it and make it clear as I can. But mammon is a spirit that tries to tell you, you don't need to trust God. You just need more money. Mammon is a spirit that says, hey, you, you, you don't, uh, don't rely on God to meet your needs. What you need is just a pay raise. No, don't, don't trust in God to take care of you financially. No, what you need is materialism. What you need is possessions. What you need is this thing over here. It'll take care of all of your needs. And mammon lies to you. That's what it does. So, so Mammon says, you don't need God, you need money. And I'll prove it to you through, uh, through a survey. that these, these two guys wrote a book called The Day America Told the Truth. And it's, uh, it's this book where they surveyed people, and then they compiled the results, and they just put it in a book. And one of the questions was, what would you do for $10 million? 
So if you, if you don't believe that people are influenced by mammon, then just check out what people would do for $10 million. 25% said they would abandon their entire family. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, some of you are like, look, I, I would abandon you for that. I'm just telling you. Uh, 23% of people said that they would become a prostitute for a week or more for $10 million. You, if you do that, you're coming home with something you can't wash off, so it's <laughs> not worth it. All right, 16% um, said they'd give up their American citizenship. These were probably people who were born in America, not the people that really had to work hard to get their citizenship. Can I get an amen on that one? All right. Uh, like 10% said they would withhold testimony to let a murderer go free. I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. 7% of you said you'd kill a stranger. Y'all better watch your back. I'm just saying. 7% of, uh, that's a lot of folks in this room, okay? Um, 3% of people said they would put their children up for adoption. For $10 million. And some of you are saying, I would, you don't even have to pay me. I will just show me where I need to sign up. Right now, I'm signing up. It's, it's, it, I'm done, right? You don't even have to pay me. Well, that, that's, it's really humorous. It's true. It's funny. But here's the thing about money, okay? Money is not neutral. Money's not neutral. All money has a spirit on it. It either has the spirit of God or it has a, the spirit of mammon. So if it has the Spirit of God on it, check this out. If it has the Spirit of God on it, then it is submitted to God, it is used for the purposes of God, and it will never replace God. But if it has the Spirit of mammon on it, it will lie to you, it will make you false promises, it will say that you don't need God, it will replace God, it will try to get you to chase all of these different things in life. And what mammon does is it lies to us. And so I want to show you today three things, that, three lies that mammon tries to tell us. Number one in your notes is mammon tries to tell us that money will make me secure. It'll, it'll make me secure. If I just have it, then, then I won't have to worry about things. If I have more of it, then my life will be better. If I have more of it, then I won't have, I'll, I'll be financially secure. And that's kind of a, an oxymoron, right? Because there's no such thing as financial security, and I'll, I'll prove it to you because in order for you to be secure, how much money do you need to be secure? More than you have right now. That would be your answer. Well, I need more than I got right now to be financially secure. So it's, it's, a, it's a false God that we're, we're chasing financial security that you're never going to get. So don't put, your, don't put your hope in finances. Here's why. Because those who trust in their riches fall. But the righteous will thrive. I want to be the one who thrives because they're like a green leaf. So don't, don't put your hope in, in riches because it's going to fade away. I love what the author of Hebrews says, that we ought to keep our lives free from the love of money. Now, a lot, there's a misconception that money is the root of all evil. That is not what the Bible says. People say, well, you know, the Bible says that m money is the root of all evil. Uh, that's incorrect. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So it's not money. It's the love of the money that's the root of all evil. So he says, 
Keep free from the love of money, the spirit of mammon, right? And be content. That's a hard word. That's a hard word. Be, be what, Pastor Ben? Be con- content. Be content. Oh. No, content with what you have. But here's why we ought to be content, guys. Because God will never leave us. See, we don't find our contentment in money because money is fleeting. Money is here today. It's gone tomorrow. Inflation happens. Money isn't as valuable one moment as it is the next. But God is always with us. He will never forsake us. Come on, I love that. He is always there. I love this, that we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. Hey, I'm not trusting in money. Money doesn't make me secure. No, I'm not going to be afraid because God is with me. What can people do to me? So I I love that. I love it. There's a lie that money will make you secure. It's a lie. It's a lie of mammon. The second lie that mammon tries to tell us is that money will make me significant. Oh, if I just have, Pastor Ben, if I just had a nicer car, then then girls would look at me. I mean, it's just, you know, it would be awesome, like, just to turn some heads. If I just had that, if I had those mufflers, right? If I had whatever, they're probably not going to look at that. I'm just saying. <laughs> Pastor Ben, if I just had a nicer home, then I, I mean, that would put me, that would pe- put me closer to some, some people that would be better influences in my life. If I just had a, a better neighborhood, if I just had nicer clothes, if I just had, if I, if I just had straighter teeth, you, you name it, you just keep going. I would be more significant if I just had those things in my life, but it's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell because here, here's what Scripture says. Jesus says you've got to beware and guard against every kind of greed. That's what that is. If I had it, then I would, I would be significant because life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by what you own. And then the third lie that, that mammon will tell us, mammon will say to us, that money will make me happy. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Um, some of the most miserable people I know are, are some of the wealthiest people that I know. Uh, you, you could look at life in general, and you could, you, if, if it's true that, that wealth makes you happy, then, then why are so many wealthy people miserable? What, what, why is that true? Wealth, money, mammon, it doesn't make you happy. Um, here's why, because stuff creates a hunger for more stuff. Stuff creates a hunger for more stuff. Um, stuff creates a discontentment. Here's why. It's because the more a person has, the more they want. The more I have, the more I, I just need it, Pastor Ben. I need it. I, I can even sense this trying to creep into our life. Because last year we put in a, a pool at our house. We haven't, haven't had a summer to use it yet. But we have this huge concrete patio deck. It's, it's beautiful and no furniture. I mean, we got a pool now. I mean, now that we have a pool, now we need furniture. Now we got to have that umbrella. We got to have a table for people to eat outside. At maybe twice a year. <laughs> we we, we got to have we got to have new pool toys. We got to have all of this stuff. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So it creates a hunger now that we got to have all of this stuff, and it's a it's a tension that we have to manage. And like, no, we we don't have to have that. 
No, we need to save up. No, it's not something that's going to make or break our happiness. It's not going to, that doesn't equate to happiness because once we get that, then there's going to be a new furniture suit that comes out that looks way better than the one we have right now. Right? So you just have, you, you, you can't equate stuff with happiness. Is that making sense? The richest, wisest man who ever walked the face of the earth, King Solomon said that those who love money never have enough. Those who love it are disappointed. They never have enough. How absurd to think that wealth brings true happiness. This is coming from a man who had it all. He had everything he could possibly want, and it wasn't enough. Do you know where true happiness comes from? Can I, can I tell you? Happy are they are the ones whose sins are forgiven. Come on, happy is the ones who, they've been washed white as snow, cleansed and forgiven. Those whose wrongs are pardoned. Happy is the person whom the Lord does not consider guilty. Come on, we ought to be thankful that our sins are washed clean. And my happiness is found in him and him alone. Amen? Yeah. So here's the question. Here's the question. How do I, Pastor Ben, how do I, how do I get free then from those lies? How do I get free from the strongholds of financial, uh, financial strongholds in my life? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be bold today. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Um, I'm going to be bold because the word of God is true, first of all, and I'm going to give you the word of God, not just what makes you feel good, okay? So I'm going to give you the word of God, but also I, I want, this is a year of freedom for our church. And in order for you to be free, I've got to tell you the truth. And uh, for the last three years, I have been working to earn your trust. We, we don't talk about money a whole lot here at church. I could have probably found a different topic that would make you feel good on our third birthday, but I'm going to give you this one today because I, I feel that it's been a burden in my heart for us as a church, for you. And so uh, we don't talk about money a lot. We've never put pressure on you to give. We do one special offering a year. Like I've never stood up here on a Sunday and needed you to give so that we could keep the doors open at the church. Not once. We've, we, we've never needed a Sunday offering to continue doing what God's called us to do. And I think that's a pretty good way to lead. So we've just never needed that. But I want to be bold with you today. And, and um, in, in fact, um, just as a testimony, just as a testimony, I, I, so, so we've led in such a way that, like, let me say it this way. If, if today's topic um, makes you mad... Like, if, if you don't like it, then come back next week, right? So we'll, we'll still be here. <laughs> but if you don't like today's topic, just know that I'm, I'm speaking from a place of integrity because I don't need you to do this, what I'm about to tell you. I don't, I don't need you to do it. You need to do it for you. But I, we don't need you to do it because we're doing pretty good as a church. Because in 2021, we operated the church on, we operated the entire church on 76% on of your giving, including your missions. 76% of what you gave. The rest of it, what happened to the rest of it, Pastor Ben? It went in the bank. It went for opportunities and obstacles. It went for disaster relief. It went in there so we could say yes to people who come and ask. It went in there for tragedies so that we don't have to come back to you and say, well, we need to take up another offering because we got an opportunity. To... No, we, don't, we just don't do that. And so we've created this environment where, where we, we just don't spend every dollar that comes in. It's really cool. It might work in your life too, by the way. Uh, it's my... my 
make a difference. And so I'm telling you all of that because I want you to be free. I really want you to experience the freedom financially in your life. And so we just don't spend everything that comes in through the doors. Um, and I know when you hear that, you might think, well, if, if, if you guys are operating like that, you don't need me to give. Yes, we do, okay? Yes, we do, because we have $5 million worth of vision right now that we would like to see happen, but we're not going to do it until the resources are here. Come on, don't you think that's a good way to work? We're, we're not going to move faster. We're, we move at the pace of your generosity. So we don't, we don't outpace ourselves. We're going to move at, at the pace at what, at what you give today, okay? So I would prefer to lead that way, to be honest with you. I would prefer for us to continue leading the church that way because it, it's, um, it helps our church. It helps us do what God's called us to do. And if I'm honest with you... I sleep a whole lot better at night knowing that there's money in the bank and we're, and we're doing what God's called us to do. So here we go. Um, let, let me show you one more thing. Uh, last year, we showed you a, a vision that we have to, we wanted to purchase the building. We've done that. We've purchased the property. But then we wanted to remodel the property. And we, man, it would be awesome for it to look like that, wouldn't it? Man, doesn't that look incredible? That's a $2.5 million vision right there to just remodel this place, but we're not going to do it until the resources are here, okay? Just, just, just so you know, we're just not going to do it. We're not going to get ahead of God. Like, we, we want to launch a campus in Burke Burnett and, and some, at some point in the future, but we're just not going to do it until the resources are here because we're not going to push God, okay? We're not going to push the envelope. We're going to do it when God's ready for us to do it. Can I get an amen? amen. All right, so here we go. Let me show you how... How we do this, all right? How do we get? I want you to be free financially, so here's how we do it. You can go to Malachi or Malachi, however you'd like to say it. <laughs> Malachi. Turn to the book of Malachi. <laughs> all right, here's what God says one of my favorite scriptures on, on giving. He starts, God starts with this, I, the Lord, do not change. Well, Pastor Ben, you know that tithing is an Old Testament uh, principle. You're correct about that, and God does not change, by the way. Just he doesn't. So it's also a New Testament principle. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you've turned away from my decrees. Other translations might say my ordinances. An ordinance is a principle of ordinary behavior where God would say, it is ordinary for you to do this principle. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it's ordinary for you to do certain things as a Christian, right? Okay, so you've not kept my decrees, though. So return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, what are you, what are you talking about, God? How should we return to you? We haven't left. And he, he says, will a mere mortal rob me? Will a, will a person rob God? Yet you robbed me. And then, and then we said, well, God, how, did we, how have we robbed you? We haven't done anything. We haven't robbed you. And he says, in tithes and offerings. All right, in tithes and offerings. And here's what, here's, here's what happens because you're robbing me. You're under a curse. What is that? A stronghold. You're under a stronghold in your life because you're not, you're not bringing tithes and offerings. So he says, you're, it's because you're robbing me. So here's the solution in order to break the stronghold, to break the curse, is you've got to bring the whole tithe, okay? Well, Brother Ben, we, we tithe our time. That's what we give to the Lord is our time. 
then I would expect you to be here three hours of every day to tithe your time unto the Lord. <laughs> Can I talk like that today? Well, we tithe our talents. We just give our talents to the Lord. I don't even know how you would do that, okay? I don't, it's, I don't know, right? I don't know how you would do that, but I do know that this is not talking about time or talents. It's talking about a, a percentage of income. A tithe is a tenth. It's a 10% of what God gives us that we return it to the storehouse that there might be food in my house. So just so you know, the storehouse is the church. It's the modern day church. And that day it was where the priests gathered. It was the temple, the tabernacle. You take it to the storehouse so that there might be food in my house. Let me, let me just break it down for you. That City Hope has a lot to offer. If you're enjoying the messages, if you enjoy the small groups, the first Wednesday, the first Saturday serves, if you enjoy the kids' ministry and all that City Hope has to offer, if you've enjoyed the programming that we have to offer, the services, then you would need to know somebody's paying for that. Somebody's paying for that. So in the same way that you wouldn't go to a really nice restaurant and eat a great meal and then walk out on the tab... That, that's why we bring a tithe, a portion of our income to the storehouse so that there might be food in my house, God says. And so I'm just trying to make it plain for us. And, and so we bring it to, to the storehouse. And if you don't trust me, go to another church and do it. I'm telling you, it works. Because here's what happens. When you do that, God says, you can test me in this. Now, there's only one time in the Bible he gives you permission to test him. Every other time he says, no, 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 don't, don't test me. <laughs> You better, you, you, you finger test me, you better not test me. But here, here God says, test me. Like you, I'm giving you permission to see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there's not even room enough for you to store it. That is how you break the curses because you, you begin, you do it. You break the stronghold, and he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. Hey, I I'm going to protect that paycheck of yours, and the vines in your fields will not drop fruit before it's time. Your 401k is going to benefit, says the Lord Almighty. Now, that's, my, that's the, B, the, the BLV, the Ben's Living Version, okay? And <laughs> then all of the nations will be, they'll call you blessed. They'll say, man, you have so much more because you're being a blessing to everybody else. For yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. And I just want to tell you that this is a principle I've lived by all my life from the moment I was a kid. My parents taught me. My church reinforced it in my life. I'm teaching my kids that we give 10% back to God. It's just the way that we operate. And I want you to know that it's not just something I do as your pastor. I, I do it. But our church does it. We tithe. The very first transaction, the very first debit that ever left the City Hope bank account. You can go back and look at the ledger. It was missions offering outside of City Hope's walls. We, the, we weren't going to let the first thing that we gave to, it wasn't going to be a bill. It was going to be something missional. And so it's something that we live by as a church. That that's the way we operate. And uh, I've only heard two testimonies when it comes to tithing. And, and, and the tithers all say, Pastor Ben, we can't afford not to. Like, we, we can't afford not to give. Like, uh, I mean, we give, and he gives right back to us. It's like we're shoveling resources to him, and God's shoveling resources to us, except his shovel is a lot bigger than ours. He's just blessing us. And all of the tithers said, amen. Like, yeah, because you, you know. But the non-tithers, people who don't tithe, they say, Pastor Ben, we can't afford to. 
We, we, we can't afford to tithe. And I would be, I just, in love and kindness and gentleness, I would say to you, you'll never be able to afford to tithe until you start tithing. I don't understand it. It's a principle beyond my comprehension, but it's throughout the word of God, and it works. I'm just telling you, when you start tithing, it breaks the curse. It breaks the stronghold of mammon over you, and it releases the favor and the blessing of God. It really does. I'm just telling you, all right? And so here's the thing. God said said that we ought to test him, so I want to encourage you to do that this year. Let me show you three, three things, three ways that we that we can break stronghold of finances, the stronghold of mammon. Number one, we've got to return the first to God, okay? Return the first. God, does, he's not interested in leftovers. You can see that in Genesis between Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain brought some offering. Abel brought the first and the best. It was a principle of God wants the best out of our lives. He doesn't want the leftovers. And so we give him the first because the first is best, that's why, that's why we do it. Giving God the first is a principle of trusting God. God, I'm trusting you with my finances. I'm trusting you that the 90% that I have to live off of is going to be way more than I could ever do with 100%. That's what it is. Okay, let me show you the principle in Deuteronomy. We've got to be sure to set a, a tenth, a, a 10% of all that your fields produce each year so that you may learn to revere the Lord. So giving, tithing, teaches us to revere the Lord. It teaches us to trust God. The, the, the rest is going to be enough for us. Now, let me show it to you in 1 Corinthians. Paul says that on the first day of every week, on Sunday, that's Sunday for us, we ought to set aside a sum of money in keeping with our income. Now, God sets the, the number. We just obey the number. God chose 10%. He did not choose an amount He's not interested in equal amounts. He's interested in equal sacrifice. Oh, yeah, I want you to hear that today. Well, my, my, my giving doesn't make a difference, Pastor Ben. It's not like this guy over here who can give so much more. It's not about that. It's about an equal sacrifice. It's the 10% is the same for you in a sacrifice as it is for somebody else. I want you to hear and understand that. It's not about amounts. It's about the sacrifice. So I want to challenge you this year. God said you could test him in this, and I want to I issue a challenge. I'm challenging you if you don't tithe, and I don't know who doesn't, but if you don't, look, this year in 2022, test God in this. Begin to tithe, and I'm telling you if, you will, if you'll do the principles I'm teaching you and the, the ones I'm about to teach, I'm telling you, if your life isn't different, if, there's, if, you, if you would say... I'm not blessed at the end of this year. We'll give you back all of your money. I promise you. We will refund everything. Act now. Operators are standing by, right? We will. <laughs> I, I really mean that. I don't, I'm not worried about it. I really, I'm really not. Because we, I'm not telling you that because we need you to do it. You need to do it for you. If you don't believe me, go to another church and try it at another church. And it'll work. Because this isn't about City Hope. It's about you breaking free of bondage in your life, the financial bondage. Okay, so take that tithing challenge. Take it. All right, number two, we've got to steward the rest. So we give the first, but we've got to steward the rest. Can, can I just say that if you don't steward the rest of what you have, you're probably still going to be in some financial issues because you've got to take care of the other 90%. You can't just blow it and spend it. and No, you, well, Pastor Ben, I just, I don't understand. My app said I had $1,000. 
get on a budget, right? Get on, a, get on a budget. You can't just live off of what the app says because you'll forget that you've got a mortgage payment and a car payment and, and insurance payments and house and all of those different things. You, you've got to get on a budget. And one of the best ways for us to teach you that is through a small group. And if you don't know what kind of group to get into, get into a freedom group. But there's some of us here today that you need to get into a, a I'm sorry, you need to get into a financial small group. You need to get in a financial small group. We have a couple of those already. You can begin to sign up. I would love for them to just run out of space. I would love for them to just be overwhelmed and have too many people in their groups because, look, some of us just need to learn how to cut them credit cards up, right? We just need to, we need to, learn, how to, we need to learn how to say no to some things. We need to learn to, uh, to, to, to say no to some purchases. We, we need to learn how to budget what God has given us. 65% of Americans don't even know what they spent last month. True. 65% of us don't even, we don't even know where our money went, guys. That's like driving a car without any gauges. You're going to end up in the ditch. So you've got to get on a budget. Get on a budget. And then I'm going to read a scripture and give you the third principle, okay? So we've got to give God the first to, we're breaking the stronghold, okay? Give God the first, manage the, the rest of it, steward it well, use it well, don't spend it all, save some of it. And then here's the last scripture. Jesus told them this parable. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. I'm going to open up another bank account. I'm just going to store all that I have, my surplus, my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But look what happens. God says to him, you're a fool. You, you fool. Man, what do you do? You fool. Now, he's not calling this man a fool because he has money. He's calling him a fool because the man didn't know what to do with the money. He didn't utilize it in the right way. This very night, your life is going to be demanded from you, and then who's going to get what you've worked so hard for? This is how it's going to be. Jesus says, this is what is going to happen to people who store up things for themselves, but they're not rich towards God. Now, this is a principle I want you to understand that to be rich towards God, I want you to remember this, you have a purpose. And your purpose in life is not to accumulate. It's not, it's not to build wealth. There's nothing wrong with wealth. Please don't misunderstand me. But your purpose in life is to get people to heaven. That's our purpose. It's to, it's to plunder hell and to populate heaven. It's to, it's to focus on what matters most. God's okay with you having things as long as the things don't have you. All right. It's okay for you to enjoy what you have, but not all of it. Come on, you, you need to set aside some to help get people to heaven. Why? So you need to focus on true riches. Remember, true riches are not, it's not silver and gold. True riches are people. Focus on true riches. Focus on getting people to heaven. Focus on getting people through to heaven, to eternity, eternal life with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray right now for a spirit of wisdom and revelation over this message today. 
God, it's my heart to just teach your word and to be bold in proclaiming it. Lord, today I pray that it would fall on hearts that are ready to receive. No guilt, no condemnation. We, none of that, Lord. We, we just want to give because you've been such a good God to us. And so, Lord, I'm asking you right now over this, over this church, over this congregation, every person watching online, Father, would you break the yoke of bondage? Would you break the curse, the strongholds? God, give us faith to believe that trusting you breaks that stronghold. God, give us faith to step out in obedience. To know that tithing isn't really a faith step. It's just an obedience step. It's just doing what you've called us to do. It's to be obedient to you. Father, I pray that you would open eyes and open ears and open hearts. That you would rebuke the devourer. That's what your word says for our name's sake. Lord, that, that you would open the windows of heaven and destroy the curse, the strongholds that have been holding us in captivity, Lord. I thank you for that today. And Father, for every person here who doesn't know you, who's far from you, they walk through the doors today and they're, they're distant, they're drifted, they've, they've fallen away from you. They, they don't have a relationship with you, God. I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, draw them close to you. Draw them to you today. Jesus' name, with your head still bowed, if you're here and you'd say, Ben, I'm the one that's far from God. I don't know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with him. I've drifted. I've been living my life my own way. Can I just tell you today, the last thing you need to do is give an offering. Man, the first thing you need to do is give your life to Jesus Christ. First thing you need to do is walk into a relationship with Jesus. And if I'm talking to you, you feel the weight of your sin. You feel the condemnation. You feel the guilt. Come on. The Holy Spirit's convicting you. That, that condemnation is from the enemy. It's time to drop it today and to say yes to Jesus Christ. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Slip it up all across this place. I'm ready to go all in with a relationship. Come on, I see you back here. Thank you so much. God bless you. Who else would say that's me, Pastor Ben? I'm, I'm going all in today. Anybody up top? I'm ready to go all in. I'm surrendering to Jesus. My life is not my own. I surrender. I'm so proud of you. So thankful for you. Come on, church. I see you over here. God bless you. Come on, let's say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent. I turn to you. Would you forgive me? Wash me. Cleanse me. Help me. Serve you. Love you. Live for you. I don't know how. And I need you from this day forward. I'll serve you the best that I know how. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's give God praise today for his love and his mercy. Amen. Hey, I just want you to know that we're so proud of you, all of you who made a decision to commit your life to Christ. And we would love it. I mentioned to you the connection card at the beginning of the service. We'd love it if you would just let us know on that card your decision today. Uh, right in the middle of that card, there's a box that you can check to let us know that you gave your life to Christ. And we want to be able to pray for you and we want to support you. So let us know on that card. And also, we'd love to get you this box of resources. This is a next steps box. It'll help you know what to do next. If you, made, if you gave your life to Christ, you made that commitment, this, this will give you next steps for um, your relationship with Jesus. The way you get this box is on your way out on the right-hand side, just beside uh, our growth track room, there's a shelf, and it's a, right up against the wall with some of those boxes on it. That's our next steps team over there. 
And on your way out, if you'll just stop by and ask them for one of those boxes, they would be happy to give that to you. So uh, we're going to get ready to worship the Lord in our giving. And as the container comes down your row, after you fill out that card, you can just drop it in that container. If you're a guest, there's no pressure on you to give anything in the offering today, but we would love for you to drop that card in there. And I just want to celebrate with you this week um, that uh, one of the things that we were able to do as a church this week is there was a lady who's 96 years old widow. She's had a hole in her ceiling for uh, about five years now. And because of your generosity, we were able to take care of that for her, just get that taken care of. So thanks for your obedience to the Lord. That was you. That was you making a difference. And so to God be the glory for that. So we're going to go ahead and get ready to worship the Lord in giving. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer. And when I say amen, there will be some people along the front. This is our prayer team. And if you need prayer for anything at all during this last song, you could make your way up here and they'll be happy to pray with you. So let's go ahead and pray together. God, I thank you for this church, and I thank you for this day, the opportunity that we have to worship you. God, I just ask that you would help us to continue to surrender every part of our lives to you. God, and that we would find freedom in every, every, every area, area of our life, God. God, we pray that you would bless each person. God, as they leave this place, that they would be changed and they'd be different. We praise you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come on, let's stand up together and worship one more time. Going with you.